This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I have a story-driven filmmaker, brand strategist, and speaker on the line. Jude Charles, welcome. Thank you for having me, Michael. I'm glad to be here to be on the uh, Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Uh, glad to have you here. So in the pre-show, you're, you're telling me that you've been you know, doing this work for uh, 13 years, but then you told me your age. And and from your biopic, I, I could kind of gauge that you know you're not you know close to my age. Um, you're you're about two decades um, much younger than me. So, what what drove you to um, do this life's work? You know, and, and being a filmmaker and 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 helping people uh, get their story out. From a very early age, I was extremely fascinated by storytelling. Um, I'm not sure why, I'm not sure how, like what influenced it, but I know that for me as an eight-year-old, I wasn't the kid that was outside playing basketball with friends or um, playing football with friends in the street or even playing video games. I was the kid at home writing books and I was writing a hundred page books at the time. And these were books about what I thought my future life would be like. So believe it or not, growing up, I wanted to be a uh, police officer growing up. So I wrote a book called that, The Police Life of Jude Charles. Um, I also wrote about uh, Baseball Life of Jude Charles, which was about, which was inspired by the Jackie Robinson story that I had just read, right? And so for one reason or another, I was just fascinated about storytelling. I was always imagining the future. And so when I got a little bit older, um, 16 years old, I was in high school and I took a TV production class. And I realized that the stories that I was writing, I could now visually bring to life. I could now visually transform them into films. And so I became obsessed with learning everything about filmmaking, learning everything about video production. And I had a teacher who was willing to show me everything. And by my junior year of high school, this same teacher, Mrs. Donnelly, who taught me everything that I knew about video production. Um, you know, she looked at me one day and she was like, Jude, you're really talented at this. Like you should start a business and, be, and, and start to make money from doing these videos, doing videos for other people. And I kind of hesitated and I was like, you know, what does that look like? Because I, for me, I don't have anyone in my family that's an entrepreneur. I didn't know what it means to be, at that time, what it meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, but she didn't allow me to really say no. By the following day that she said that statement, she had purchased my first set of business cards. And that's really how I got started at 17. Um, started creating videos for other people, creating documentaries for other people. Um, and that's really how this all started. It's amazing that you had an educator that believed in you and saw something in you when at that age, you know, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure out, you know, what we're doing now, mind you, uh, you were ahead of the curve, um, and writing books and, and, and imagining, uh, yourself, uh, in law enforcement or, um, you know, the next number 42, uh, for Jackie Robinson. And, right. but you know, so you had that creativeness and 
this teacher saw that in you. And I know I have a lot of educators in my family and, and, you know, that listen to the show and, and I engage with, and, and many of them deal with their own burnout story and whatnot, but I, I implore educators, you know, keep your eyes and ears open for those students that are special when it comes to something really unique about them and encourage them. And I mean, buying the business cards for you. I mean, that, that, that goes above and beyond. And it's, you know, so I thank that person for doing it because that caused a ripple effect the ripple effect of all the individuals and groups and organizations that you've helped over these last, you know, 13 plus years was launched by somebody buying you business cards. As simple yeah, as that. As simple as that. I can understand the importance of it until um, obviously a few years ago when sharing my own story and being able to share my own story, I didn't realize the importance of it, but to work with the, kind of companies that I've worked with or to work with the entrepreneurs that I've been able to bless to work with. Um, it started with that. It started with a set of business cards. It started with what I often say is it started with courage and confidence. It started with her giving me the courage to say, I can do this, right? That all I needed at the time was a set of business cards that gave me the permission to say I could do this. Um, and so, yeah, it's amazing. So when you're working with organizations and you're helping them fine tune their brand and, and tell the story uh, to make it stand out in this, you know, very, very noisy world of um, information, um, of social media, you know, you can type in a hashtag or look at something and you can see a thousand different versions of a different brand uh, per se. Uh, but, you know, how do you help them, you know, get their story out there uh, in a way that helps them stand out amongst, you know, all the other people that are attempting to do the same thing? Oftentimes when I'm working with a client or an organization, the first thing I start with is what's called a road mapping strategy session. And in that road mapping session, I am looking at uh, who are you? What do you stand for? Why do you believe in the things that you believe? Um, but ultimately, what I start with is, I think, something that's been popularized and many people know at this point, which is from Simon Sinek, start with why, right? Because many people know how to describe what they do. They can even tell you how they do it, but why they do it, why they are called to do this work. And I don't, it, when I say calling, it doesn't mean that it's something that's so mission-driven or purpose-driven, but it's still a reason behind it. And that why often starts with who, who are you as a person? Um, and so I'll often work from the top down. I'll work with the leader of the organization or the entrepreneur that started, the founder that started this organization and really figuring out what influenced this, right? Because usually who we are, the way we were raised, the way we, we um, you know, the experiences that we had over the years, that's what influences what we end up doing. But those things, the who, the why is more important than the what you do. Um, it also goes back to an, another old saying of, um, you know, people like to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Again, I look to create that know, like, and trust bridge. We want to show people, you know, get them, give them an opportunity to know who you are, like what you have to say and what you stand for, and then trust that you can actually provide the solution that they're looking for. Um, oftentimes that when I want, once I figure out those things, that is then 
what influences the stories that we tell because we're grabbing from the who we're grabbing from the why to now tell the right stories that will attract the right audience to that organization or the right audience to that entrepreneur that is looking to scale their business. Yeah, the know, like, and trust factor plays a huge, huge factor in in people, you know, making decisions to, you know, work with somebody. And the visual storytelling is a great way to accomplish that because while we can hear and listen to people on a podcast or radio show or something like that, when they see the visuals uh, that a story uh, lays out, it, it captures us. Just like, you know, going to the movies, you know, there's there's great cinema and we we all know our favorite movies and and oftentimes most of them are really really good stories uh that bring us in where we feel that we're right there and and when you can do that uh in a brand awareness type of mechanism it makes such a huge difference and it it fast forwards that getting people to the know like and trust factor that is so crucial uh, for all of us that are, you know, working to, you know, make an impact in you know, our businesses and our personal lives as well. Absolutely, and I and I love how you put that because hearing something said one thousand times is not as convincing as seeing it once. But when you see it and you're able to create a story around the thing that you want to show someone, right? Create a story around the idea of your service, the idea of the product that you're, you're building. Like, for example, I am, um, I think one thing, you know, is like I often create documentaries for entrepreneurs and there is the very first documentary I ever created for an entrepreneur. And it was a cosmetic business. And when you look at the documentary, the documentary is about her building this business from the ground up from, from day one. But what you see and hear her talking about is her vision for this brand her vision for like why does she even think that she could do this and you're seeing you know how she's uh, going to events and promoting her product and and how she's talking to young girls and, and teaching them about confidence and teaching them about you know the things that she did wrong as a young girl because she was she was trying to step into who she felt like she could be um that is much more important than just hey let's create a cool marketing video that talks about our product um stories give us the ability to, to, like you mentioned, when we're watching movies, we're now transported into that movie. We feel like we're in that movie and we're sitting on the edge of our seat waiting to breathe as the climax happens, right? Like as the person that's about to get saved, we're sitting on the edge to find out, are they really going to get saved? Is it really going to be a happy ending? Um, and many of the documentaries that I create are similar to that feel. It's, it's creating a story that takes you on a journey, a journey that you can now be a part of where I'm not telling you what to think. I'm not telling you how to perceive me. You're getting to that, to that experience. You're getting to that endpoint on your own, but now it's much more powerful. You know, a recent example is you know, the latest Avengers movie. If you're into that genre, I'm not going to spoil it in case people haven't seen it yet, but that's a long movie. Uh, yes. It's three hours, and I know the extended cut probably runs an extra half hour or something ridiculous. It's a long time without having, you know, the classic intermission during the middle. I, I remember as a kid going to see movies and there'd be an intermission in the middle. So you get up, go to the bathroom, do whatever you need to do and go back to, the, <laughs> to your seat where we don't see that now. So it's literally, it's like you are sitting down. And of course, if you, you know, 
drop the, you know, the $40 to get that large beverage and popcorn, you know, your bladder is going to go, Oh, Hey, you know, I need something. <laughs> uh, but again, for, to keep someone's attention for that period of time um, and bring you into the story is powerful because uh, I've sat through 90 minute movies that felt like three hours. And I, when I saw that one, it, it moved along. And I think that's, you know, another aspect of, and, and I love how you put it, you know, in giving people, you know, okay, the why, you know, why do you, you know, do, tell stories? Why do you help people tell stories? My situation, why am I so concerned about people burning out? You know, what, is, why? Okay. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff out there to read on it, but why am I concerned about it in my situation was my own personal story of my own burnout where you know it nearly cost me my life and cost me a lot more than that and you know there to rebound from that uh, was not an easy endeavor but I chose uh, to do so and made some significant adjustments in my life reinvented myself uh, to the point of you know, life is pretty grand now. I'm enjoying every aspect of my life, but I look around and I see so many people that aren't. And it scares me because uh, it's not going to get better unless they make adjustments in their own lives uh, to approach life from a different perspective and change things, change their thoughts, change how they take care of themselves, uh, start doing things that they used to enjoy. And for some reason they stopped doing because they were quote unquote too busy and they don't have enough time. Um, last time I checked, everyone has the same type of clock. Um, our smartphones have a 24 hour window in it. We all have quote unquote time. It's just how we allocate it and what we choose to do with that time. And if we're not taking care of ourselves first, uh, it catches up to you really fast. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious to know what is your story? If, I don't know if you can share it in two to three minutes, but what is your story? Because I'm curious to know why you started this podcast and why you're doing the work you're doing. Uh, thank you for that. Back uh, 10 years ago in 2009, over a period of 369 days, I had a heart attack that should have killed me. I lost my job during the economic recession. Uh, our family vehicle was repossessed. And then finally, our home was foreclosed. So all in a year. Um, and I often joke, if I had a dog, I probably would have lost that too. Uh, but in, in that situation, all of those things that happen occurred because I wasn't taking care of myself and I was significantly burned out. I was in a startup role uh, with a medical clinic and was working long hours. I was on email from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. seven days a week. And this was before the iPhones came out, okay? The, I was literally sitting at a desk uh, and because I was getting emails, um, I had created the condition to respond to emails at all hours. So I was getting them at all hours. And uh, a very, um, you know, I can, I can point fingers and blame, you know, outsiders for all of that, but no, all the blame resides on me because I created that environment and I stopped uh, being active. I, I started uh, consuming my, my three meals a day were um, order something through a microphone, drive around the corner, grab the brown bag and go back to my desk and continue working. Uh, so needlessly my, or needless to say my health, uh, 
you know, failed on me and, and I had uh, two blockages in my left interior descending artery, which is known in the cardiology world as the widow maker. Because uh, usually when there's significant blockages in that artery, you don't survive. Well, I thankfully did. And after going through all of those losses uh, in that year time, you know, I had a choice. I could either not do anything because I survived it and just kind of limped along through life. Or I could have played the victim and blamed everybody for everything from, you know, the board of directors that were constantly uh, pushing uh, or the fast food restaurants that were constantly serving me food. Or I could say, hey, I was the one that created this environment. It's up to me to change it. And that's what I did. I chose to change. And when I was 40 at the time and not easy to change at 40. Uh, your your habits, your beliefs, all of these things uh, take a toll. And if you don't, you know, want to adjust, then it's very hard to make those adjustments. But I, you know, realized I want to, so I did. And it took time, uh, but I learned how to take better care of myself, eat better, uh, thought patterns, beliefs, what stressed me, you know, just get a, a really good understanding of why I felt the way I did. Uh, and and after doing that work and reinventing myself, you know, life was good and great. You know, I had a great executive job, you know, lived in a booming city, lots of things going well. But then I started observing people and realizing that there were a lot of people that are really stressed out. And I felt that I had a purpose that I needed to address that with people because I saw the road they were going on. I was quite familiar with that road. I went down it before and it didn't end up well. So much like Paul Revere, you know, saying the British is coming, it was more like, Hey, the burn, the burnout is coming. The burnout is coming and they, they need to prepare. And so that's why I, I launched my business and that's why three years ago I launched the podcast because I want to talk to people about it and give them the permission to make adjustments in their lives in a way that they can live the lives that they truly want and deserve. And I think too many people have delegated their lives to others. Uh, and it, it's high time for people to take their lives back and, and live the life that they were designed to live. Wow. That is, that is amazing. That is amazing that you, you went through that journey and had to go through that journey in order to reach a level of, of, of purpose, a level of understanding why you're put here on earth to do this kind of work. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to do that because I know that, you know, on the show, you know, people have listened to it for a while and sometimes people listen to it the first time and they're like, okay, why is this guy you know, so hell bent on burnout? You know, what, what's his motivation? You know, is he trying to capitalize on something? Partly, of course, you know, it's an opportunity. However, it's, it's not the main reason because uh, it's, I don't like seeing families fall apart. I don't like seeing people end up in hospital or leaving their jobs because they can't handle it anymore. Or, you know, the, you know, I mentioned earlier the ripple effect. Well, burnout has a ripple effect too, and it impacts everyone in your world and unaddressed. uh, It can be catastrophic. You can have your own year of worst case scenarios. And I, I don't want anybody to go through that because they don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were going to work with, 
an individual that was, you know, they pretty much know the brand. They know what um, they want to do, but they're camera shy, for example. And they, they're like, well, no one wants to hear my story. No one wants to see me. What are some of the things you, you know, help them through to get past that, that hurdle of um, being behind a, a camera and, and talking about their story that desperately needs to be heard? There's a few techniques because believe it or not, I actually deal with that on a regular basis of people that are afraid of sitting in front of the camera, maybe because of insecurities of how they look, maybe because of insecurities of how they think they may sound. Um, and, and I think you mentioned one that's a big key of it, which is, uh, you know, people just think, well, no one wants to hear my story. No one cares enough to want to hear my story. They just want to know what I can do for them. And it's far from the truth. So what I often end up doing um, is I'll just do a practice run. I'll just say, you know what, let's just, let's just, just give it a try. Let's actually just sit down, have a conversation, allow me to edit something really quick and show you what that looks like. Show you how this could be edited, edited together because oftentimes unless the person, they may see the work that I've done, right, with other entrepreneurs, but unless they see themselves, they can't really see and, and envision what they could look and sound like. Um, and so the simplest thing that I do is I'll just do a practice run and say, let's, let's actually have the conversation we'll have in, to do your documentary or we'll have to do your brand video. Um, and let's, let's, let's see how it goes. And usually that works in helping them realize, oh, I can do this. I can actually do this because they've done it before. Um, and, and that's usually, yeah, that's what I, I've done that quite a few times. It's been five or six times now where I've had to do that with an entrepreneur to get them to, to just relax and to own their story, to decide that, you know what, it's time. It is time to share my story. It is time to allow other people in, to be vulnerable, to not be afraid of sharing the bad parts of what happened to get me to this point. Because ultimately, this is how we connect as human beings is through our stories, right? The way we make friends, the way we build relationships, it's because of something that another person said when you met them that made you realize, oh, that'll be a great person to connect with. That'll be a great person that I actually would want to bring to my house and actually invite them for dinner, right? It's through our stories. It's through our experiences. Um, and so what I often try to do is to get them to go through the experience of doing it once. That way it makes it much easier to continue to do it over and over. Yeah, that it just becomes... I don't want to say autopilot, but really easy for them. And they don't even think about it. You know, for me, public speaking, of course, was, you know, a huge hurdle for me in my youth um, where I, you know, was always afraid of giving any type of presentation in school or whatnot. And it took chicken pox to uh, get rid of that fear. And you're like, chicken pox, how in the world did that you know, impact your, uh, you know, overcoming fear of public speaking. I was 21 years old. Uh, my brother was 16 at the time. And as kids, we, we had pretty much every ailment you could imagine. Uh, but for some reason, neither one of us uh, came down with chicken pox as a kid. Well, he somehow got exposed to it and he got chicken pox when he was 16. And of course he shared it with his older brother because sharing is caring. And, <laughs> Here I am, I'm in my second year of college, and actually no, it's third year, I'm going to do the math now, uh, third year of college, and 
I had to give a presentation in a business writing course. And of course I was freaking out about it because I'm like, oh, I hate public speaking. I get so nervous and sweats and, you know, stomach aches, you name it. So I came down with the chicken pox during the week that I was supposed to give my presentation. So of course I was quarantined and couldn't <laughs> do it. So I called the professor and I said, all right, I, I, I need a break. Um, I'm off this week because I'm quarantined. I can't do it. And it's okay. We can do it next week. So, <laughs> so I get through this now. I had chicken pox everywhere but my feet. Okay. Yeah. And when you're an adult and you have chicken pox, you are swollen. I mean, it looks like the worst breakout of acne in, in the history of the human race. I mean, I was swollen. My face was red, blotchy. Just, I was not, not a pleasurable sight by any stretch. So once the quarantine period ended, I still looked like that for about 10 days. So I, I roll into class and the professor sees me and pulls me aside and says, okay, look, um, if you want to skip and you want to do another week, um, maybe in a couple of weeks, you can. Uh, your grades are good enough. I mean, you, you won't get an A in this class if you don't do it at all, but I think you would still pass without giving the presentation. And I looked at him for a second and said, no, I've practiced this. I want to get it over with. So... I gave my speech at the end of it the entire classroom stood up and gave me a standing ovation wow. now to this to this day i don't remember what my speech was about i i don't recall um what it was but the reason why they gave me a standing ovation was the fact that they felt that i was so brave to go up in front of everybody looking as badly as i did and give a speech <laughs> So at that point, I recognized, okay, I can go up there looking like death warmed over and, and get a standing ovation. All right. I don't normally look that way, so I should be able to do that without um, looking bad and be able to do it. And that was the breakthrough for me. Now, I'm not recommending adults that are, have fear of speaking to go get you know, chicken pox or shingles or anything like that. Uh, avoid it if you can. Um, but at the end of the day, it was one of those things that uh, was a big shift for me and, and gave me that opportunity to uh, you know, have a career and being able to speak publicly, you know, and I've done it internationally uh, in front of, you know, big audiences, different audiences, tough audiences, uh, you name it. And it's, it, it, and of course the podcast as well, you know, talking with people and, and being able to interview them and having conversations. It, it's, uh, I'm like, much like my heart attack. I'm, I'm thankful that I had chicken pox because I don't know if I would have ever gotten over the fear of public speaking. I could have had a completely different, uh, trajectory for you know, my career and my life. Yeah, it's exhilarating, isn't it? It's exhilarating to be able to um, speak to so many different audiences and, and, and get to meet so many different people um, when you're doing the public speaking. And, and I guess you, you, in many ways, you realize that there wasn't, fear is an illusion, right? Like it's once you do it, once you actually gone through the experience, you realize, oh, this wasn't so bad after all. Like, I'm the only one that was afraid of doing this. Everyone else was just like, oh, they wanted to hear what I had to say. Not, they weren't worried about how I looked or what I, what I even sounded like. I, I mentioned sounded like because for a while I didn't want to do podcasts or public speaking because I, didn't, I just didn't like the way I sounded. I, um, before I started doing podcasting, I was doing a series of mock podcasts. So 
in very much the same way like a trial lawyer would do mock trials before they actually go to court um i was doing mock podcasts and every time i'd go back to listen to it it was just like i what is this i don't like what i'm hearing but once you go through it once you do it it is it is it is exhilarating it's it's amazing to hear what people connect with when they come back to you and and tell you especially after the stories that you share like you're sharing a story about chicken pox right and how chicken pox helped you with public speaking um I could never imagine it, uh, but it is definitely a conversation starter. Oh, oh, for sure. Definitely. It's again, it's all about storytelling and Absolutely. it connects with people and, and it, it, it breaks the ice and they go, okay, wow, that was, that was a really good talk or that was a really good episode or, or whatever the case may be. And again, it's, it, it helps connect people. And I think that's why storytelling is so important. So Jude, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work that you're doing? It's really simple to learn more about the work that I'm doing, to learn how you can possibly do this for yourself, to be able to not only discover your story, but to bring your story to life. Um, Connect with me through my website. It is judecharles.co. So Jude Charles, my first and last name, .co. And that's where you can connect with me. Awesome. And I'll have that in the show notes for his everybody to check you out and and see the great stuff you're doing so Jude, thanks again for being on the show really appreciate you and and how you're getting people's stories out there thank you for having me michael my pleasure hey it's michael again thank you for listening to the podcast i really appreciate it if you're like many people you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout i know how you feel in 2009 my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.